when I came in here this morning, I started to pray, and then suddenly I started to notice something about the music today, about the worship. I don't know if you noticed it. Um, some of my sisters who are very attentive to details probably noticed it. The, the worship was wonderful, and of course, it's, it was all around putting God first, right? But it was a harmony. It was a low melody. It was almost as if God was saying, you know, I'm preparing the heart of my people. It wasn't a hoopla, you know, kinds of worship. It wasn't one of those worships where, with the exception of the last one, because we were joyous to be able to share our treasures with God. But the first ones, when we were worshiping God, we were, God was preparing our heart in even that worship. And so I'm going to ask you to prepare your heart right now because this is a reflection kind of um, message. And so if you haven't already, take out all your notebooks or a piece of paper and a pen and know that this is just between you and God. It's, nobody's going to see these notes. <laughs> nobody's going to see these notes. But one of the, the best things about starting the new year is that everyone together, to some degree, is looking to set out um, resolutions, New Year's resolutions, set goals. We're doing that in our jobs. We're doing that in our personal lives. We're doing that in the kingdom of God. Everywhere we go, for the most part, a lot of us are in that moment. And when many of us are in that moment, then the energy starts to be obedient to that which is being focused on. And in this time is first. Everything first. What's first? Okay. At first, I thought my, what was first for me is when my health. So I said, one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to get healthier. Not to get skinnier, although that would be helpful, but healthier because time is running out and I'm hearing too many young people with a lot of illnesses and I'm not a spring chick myself. So, you know, one of my New Year's resolution is healthy. Write down what's your New Year's resolution. Write down what's your New Year's resolution. And if you haven't had one, this is a great opportunity for you to start thinking about one and praying about it. Another New Year's resolution for me was to um, serve more. To hear from God more so that I can serve more and get back to the first place of my, my first love. So that was in my list. And my third thing was to get my life in order. You know, I started that like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, you can get your physical space in order. Um, you can even get your job matters in order, your career jobs in order. But sometimes we leave the most important thing for last which is getting our spiritual life in order. So that was one of mine. What, what, what are yours? Write them down. Write them down. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I, I always like to put up a PowerPoint. And so um, to really concentrate on those of you who learn better by seeing. Because there are people that learn better by seeing visuals, and there are people who learn better by hearing, and then there are people that learn better by doing. By doing. So that's where this activity um, comes from. Um, can I ask, can I move this a little bit more to the front? I feel claustrophobic. Thank you. Just, uh, I want to be right there with you guys. Thank you. Okay, so who? Putting another first. Who? What does that mean? So let's, let's go to the next one. I'm going to just be going like this. I know I'm going to put you to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, putting some first. What does that mean? To decide what someone or something is more important than anyone else. To treat someone or something as being more important than anyone else. So I'm going to ask you this question. What, what would it take for you to feel like you're being put first? What would it take? How's that, minister? When the person you... <laughs> when um, someone makes time for you. And, and sets aside time for you and always gives you their time. What else? What else? What makes you, what makes you feel precious? Communication? Attention? In what way the attention? Being the focal point. What are some of those actions that would make a person feel like they're getting attention? That will make you feel like you're getting attention? Being present in one way do we be present. In many ways it's like, you know, if somebody brings you flowers or lunch. No, 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 this is important, right? And, 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 if, and if somebody spends time with you, and if somebody helps you and serves with you, and if somebody gives you gifts, there's a lot of different ways, right, in which make us feel like the person is present in our lives, like they're really um, valuing us. Okay? Write down, what would it take to make you feel like you're valued. And notice something about these definitions. These are not Migdalia definitions. This, these were definitions from the dictionary. Um, to decide that someone or something is more important than anything else. So it's a decision that you make. It doesn't say to feel that someone or something is more important. To decide. 
The second, the second one says to treat someone or something as being more important. To treat them. So the, these are two action words. To decide and to actually treat them. So you actually have some action there. I want you to pay attention to that, okay? Now I love this. The next one. I love this um, that I found, and it says, um, John Dewey says, we do not learn from our experiences. We learn from reflecting on our experiences. So many times, one of the mistakes we do is that we go through the experiences, good, bad, ugly, or evil, right? We go through the experiences. And we come out of them because God is so good. We just come out of them. But then we reflect on those experiences. Have we learned from those experiences? And then what happens is that we wind up going there again. And we wind up trying to figure out, why am I always in the same place? Why is this always happening to me? Something must be wrong with them. Maybe we need to reflect, right? So today, I'm going to encourage you to reflect because I know the desires of everyone's heart here is to put God first. But what does that look like? What does that mean? We need to reflect. And so what God put in my heart two days ago, and Pastor, you asked me to do this a month ago, over a month ago. And believe me, I have a whole bunch of post-its. My, my sisters saw all the post-its in the kitchen. None of them. So two, two days ago, um, God put this in, um, in my spirit. So the next one. Reflecting on your life. Take a moment and ask yourself, what or who is truly first in your life? Write that down. Truly. I mean, you could put that God is first in your life. If, 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 you know, nobody's going to judge you. But really think about it. Is God really first in your life? Or is it your spouse? Or is it the idea of getting a spouse? Um, or is it your children? What's the first thing that you think of every morning and throughout the day, the most that you think of throughout the day? So truly, you know, God is first in your life, but what are your actions? Reflect on that. What are your actions? What are the things that are truly in your life? Is it your career? Is it your job? Is it your home? Is it a friend? Is it the idea? How do you know? Write that down. How do you know that this thing or this person is truly first in your life? Okay, the next slide, please. So the title 
of this message is God first. Who is God that I should put him first? Sometimes we don't even dare ask that question. Shouldn't even dare. I mean, who would dare ask the question, who is God that I should put him first? Well, you know, the reality is that your whole being is connected to what you think, what you do, right? So somewhere part inside there, some of us, not everybody, will ask, so why should I? What's the big deal? Just because somebody told me to? Especially those of you who are wondering, who is God? So that's what we're going to reflect on today. Who is God that I should even think about putting him first? Next one. Whatever force has first place in your life will drive your decisions and shape your future. So if you're, if, 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 if you're thinking about your children more or your child more, that child or the, the situation or the love that you have for that child obviously shapes your decisions. They shape your future. If you're thinking about your husband or your wife or your future um, spouse or partner all the time, it's almost like an obsession with, with these forces. Or your career, if you're spending more time involved in that, or money, or even your studies. So all of these things are very, very good. They're very good. They should be on your priority list. But if they have more value, okay, then they help you make your decisions. They're also what's shaping your future. They become your idols. And we know what God feels about or believes and tells us about idols. While it may sometimes be difficult to stay focused on everything that life throws at us, no matter what obstacles you may face, to no matter what you go through, nothing is much more of a priority, number one priority, than God. Let's see why. Who is God in my life? Let's test that. So write this down. Who is God in my life? Not mine, yours. I, I use the words I, mine, purposely so that it becomes much more personal. Because as I, the message is coming out, God has also been talking to me. So just because I'm standing here doesn't mean that I'm not getting pop out. <laughs> God's talking to me, too. So, in order for us to examine who God is or reflect on God, we have to look at his character. And God's character, in many cases in Scripture, is identified or prescribed by his name. By his name. 
So what we're going to do today, because we can't get to all of them, because he is wonderful, he's amazing, God is faithful, God is merciful, all of those things of his character, there is, is part of his name. But we're going to study some of them so that we can reflect on them. So let's see. Elohim. That's one of the biggest names that God has. We don't know what God really looks like. We have images in our heads and, and some artists paint him beautifully. But we know that he's a spirit. Right? But more importantly, he is the creator. He is the most powerful he is the strength of this world and this life. And so the scripture, if you don't see it, that's up, that speaks about his name as the creator is Genesis 1.1, which is, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's powerful, right? But if that doesn't convince you as to why he should be first in your life, let's go and examine another name. Jehovah. How many of you have heard him named Jehovah? In Exodus 3.14, we see, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am was sent to, to has sent me. I am. So Jehovah is I am. He is he is a provider. The next one. Jehovah Jireh, the provider, the Lord will provide. We see this in Genesis 22, 13 to 14. And Pastor alluded to it earlier this morning when Abraham was called to sacrifice his only son after so many years of waiting for his son. And God provided a, an animal Instead, a ram instead of his son as a sacrifice. He, just, he was just testing Abraham. So we see that in Genesis 22, 13, 14. What other reason should we even consider God to be first? The next one. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, the healer that heals. So we see that in Exodus 15, 26. And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commands and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now look at the conditions of this. 
Okay, if you're reading Exodus 15, 26, look at the conditions. These are the conditions. If you diligently hear my voice, if you carefully hear my voice, if you, if you pay attention to what I'm saying, if you take heat and really obey my voice and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, really look at what his commandments are and keep all his statutes, then he will make sure that you don't get those diseases. Now, we know that he was speaking to a specific people in that time. But that we also know that God's word is eternal. And it doesn't have an expiration date. <laughs> so he's talking to me too, right? So we want to make God first because he's been our healer. I have on my list the times he has healed me. What has he healed you from? Has he healed you physically? A pain in your back? A pain in your head? Has he healed you spiritually? Emotionally? Has he healed your soul? Were you stubborn at some time and now you're, you're passive and flexible? That's healing. <laughs> Was your mind fixed before and now it's a lot more developed and encouraging? And That's healing. So is that a reason for us to put him first? Jehovah Nisi is the next one. The Lord, my banner. In Exodus 17, 12, 15, we see that every time that, that, that Moses lifted up the rod... Then his arms started to get very, very tired. And so Aaron had to come and help him lift it up and hold his arms so that they can win, the Israelis could win. That's when he called that area, the Lord is my banner. The banner, the protection. That's what it. You know, all this time I've been hearing um, the songs, I've been singing them for years, I've been hearing the banner, but I never really understood what that banner meant. I had an idea, but I didn't realize that it was a place that was called by Moses, named by Moses, the Lord is my banner. And then that speaks of the character of God. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. How many of you have been in very hard situation where you felt this peace in spite of how difficult the situation has been? 
Is that a reason to put him first? That there could be chaos all over. Right now, what's going on in this country, you know, affects all of us, directly or indirectly. Do you have peace? We may not, that doesn't mean that you have peace about what's going on, but that internally you're not anxious for it because you are, you are faithful and you, you, you're trusting God and God has you and you know that he's not only your, your banner, but, it, but he's your protector, he's your provider. So in spite of what's going on out there, you know, you're feeling and you're sensing that peace, but you are concerned about what's going on. That doesn't mean you're not concerned about it, right? Isn't that worth putting him first? We see that the Lord, my peace, is in Judges 6.24. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my shepherd. Psalms 23.1, we see David when he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There have been times in my life where I have felt like, my future is bleak. Like, I'm not sure where I'm going to get the next finance to pay my rent. Or to pay my studies. Or to pay a commitment that I made. Or, but God is a provider. And, 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 and I, there's nothing that I have never want for. I just used to would get anxious because I was having more faith on myself and my finances than I was on God. Have you been in that place before? But God has shown up all the time providing for you, for your children, for your situation. I shall not want. He takes care of me. Right? Isn't that worth him being first? Jehovah Sham, Sham, how do you say that? Shama. The Lord is there. there. There were many. There were many, many names, but I chose these because this one shows us that no matter what we're going through, God is present. He's present in our lives. In all, even in the little things that we may think that God is too busy for. In Isaiah 41.10, we see, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Wow. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. Wow. Isn't that worth putting him first? If, if not anything else, that, the, the fact that he's always with us, that we're never alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So, if that's enough for you, because there's a lot of other reasons why 
you should be writing down what has God done for you in the past, what he's doing for you now, what you're anticipating and waiting from him to do in the future and you're you're believing him for. You write those things and take reflection of that. Then the next question would be, of course, once you've decided, God's going to be first in my life. And in those three um, New Year's resolutions, I I would put him like number one now because that was not on the first part of my list. But then the question is, how how can we do, what can we do to put God first? So now that I know why I should, how do I do that? How do I do that? So, there are many ways in which we can do that, but I'm going to speak to you about five points um, fairly quickly. The first one is um, okay. The first one is mindset. To have a mindset of what would Jesus do. So. Have a mindset that reflects the perception of what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do in the way I'm thinking about doing something? Uh, Maintain this thinking every time that you are dealing with everyday situations. What would Jesus do? Like, I woke up this morning, I opened up my eyes, and... I know I have to come to church and do all this stuff, but what would Jesus do right now while I am contemplating getting out of my bed? He would pray. He would thank God. He would praise the Lord. He would glorify him, right? That's what would Jesus do, right? So I get up, I do my business, I go to get coffee, but my pot just goes out. My reaction is to just throw the pot out the window. No, what would Jesus do? Go and see if you have instant coffee. (laughs) Right? What would Jesus do? Even in the little things, what would Jesus do? You know, even coming here, being nervous about this, and I go, my God, what would Jesus do? He'll just be obedient. He would just open his mouth and allow God to speak. That's what Jesus would do. (laughs) So in all things, have a mindset. What would Jesus do? Not only would that help you by controlling a little bit of that impulsive behavior that sometimes we get because um, we're human, And because we are anxious, depending on how serious the situation is, if it's just something like coffee, it's not a big deal. But if it's something really, really big, we want to take a step back and think, right? We don't want to be impulsive. So this asking yourself, what would Jesus do, at least gives you a couple of seconds to get yourself together. It would also minimize your anxiety, therefore, your frustration. So taking that perspective, 
I know when God called me to do this and I was going into this whole thing and, you know, about what I was supposed to do, he, he just kept on telling me, keep it simple, Mickey, keep it simple. So, which implies, you know, I couldn't go deep, 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 but no, keep it simple. Just ask yourself, what would Jesus do? <laughs> Number two. Now, this one. Practice what you preach. God doesn't want to just hear what your intent is. I mean, intent is good. It's the first step to getting to, you know, forward. But intent is not enough. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> he wants to see you doing what you intended to do. Keeping your word and holding truth at a high standard will prove you trust God. That you're putting him first. So you intend to move forward and serve at Calvary. Intentions are very good. You guys are awesome. But now God is calling you to do it. To actually do it. We don't, he doesn't want to hear anymore. I was thinking about. I was thinking about doing this. I was thinking about going to Sunday school. I was thinking about. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> Do it. Practice what you preach. You can get deeper. If you preach love, practice love. If you preach peace, practice peace. Make time for God. Now, I know we're all busy. We're New Yorkers. Always busy, always things to do, very important things. And, and we are in our own right. And God called us to, um, to do things. We may not think that because we're not doing it in the church doesn't mean you don't have a mission and that you're not working your mission. But many of you that I know, you are on your mission. Your mission could be your ministry, could be your children, your family, your spouse, your friends, your sisters, your brothers, okay? Your mission could be your job where you're serving people or making sure that they get the right resources. Your mission could be teaching, which is making sure that the next generation is equipped. And, it, and it's not always about religion. It really isn't. It's about working a thing in this earth. But with God and with his purposes, right? So we, we are busy, and we're busy doing very important, valuable things for God, even though they may not be seen here in the church. But more reason why we need to keep him first and why we need to make time for him. Because in all that busyness, God is the only one that can tell us what is the right direction to take or the right strategy that will fulfill those purposes so that it will go smooth. 
And how does that look? Well, as soon as you get up and you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? And you will figure out Jesus will pray. Okay, so then you pray. And in that prayer, you're asking God to guide your, your, your day, to guide your day. Lord, give me the wisdom to make a decision about a certain thing. God, show me when it's time for me to be a little bit more passive instead of impulsive. Lord, can you please show me who needs your hand today that, you, that I can serve for you, Lord? Make it clear to me. And Heavenly Father, take care of me. Right? Because it's not only about God. Putting God first is also putting yourself first. Because you're no good to anybody if you're an unhealthy minister. And we're all ministers. We're no good to anybody. We're not good to God. And also, it doesn't speak of that testimony to the rest of the folks. Because here I'm speaking about healing, right? And how great God is, and I'm all broken. And the new person who's trying to figure it out says, well, you're talking about this is possible. Why isn't it possible for you? Because we have to decide, and we have to do it. So God is not going to come. He could if he wanted to. Because God could do anything. He could come down and make me skinny. <laughs> For real. He could. You don't believe me. <laughs> he could come down and make me skinny. He could come down and make me younger. Right? But I wouldn't appreciate it. I wouldn't value it. I wouldn't, con I wouldn't stay consistent with it. So he has to take me through a process. And the process is putting it in my head first and in my heart. And saying, girl, you got to do something about this because time is running out. And you cannot be testifying to people looking all raggedy. Just can't. Because it, it don't look real. <laughs> it doesn't look real for anybody. I work with kids, by the way. I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers, right? <laughs> so internally, they keep me young. I've been doing this for over 35 years. So they keep me young internally. So inside my head, I'm young, skinny, and beautiful, right? <laughs> but when I look at the mirror and I do that reflection thing, I go like, oh, my God, get real. You got to lose some weight, and you have to get healthier. <laughs> and this is not going to happen just like that because you like you, you have good intentions. <laughs> I have to put my foot in my own mouth, right, sometimes, and then take it out in order to practice what I preach, right? We all do. We all do. And we need to make time for God. And that time is all the time, walking with him, allowing him to speak to us while we're driving, while we're in the train, while we're in the bus, while we're getting our coffee, while we're getting upset at somebody. While somebody upsets us, we're like, no, he didn't. You saw that guy, right? Okay. Now I have to, what should I do, God? What would Jesus, your son, do? <laughs> the next one is pray each day. So if you're doing that from the time you're getting up to the time you're getting your coffee, to the time you're getting into your transportation as you're going to wherever your destination is, then you are praying. Then you are praying. 
Now, there's a difference, there's a difference in being, walking by somebody, like Cynthia and I could be walking and talking and walking, having a good time, sharing our, our day, sharing our week and, and all that, but there's a difference if I sit with her and I listen to what she is saying to me, not only in my head, but also in my heart. And that's the type of prayer that's something that we need to do at least once a day. Because we're not listening to God. We're just walking. We're just walking. I'm just walking with Cynthia. I'm just walking. We're having a good time. You know, we're heading somewhere. But I'm not completely 100% listening to her because I hear her words. We're there in the moment. It is necessary for us to sit down and listen to God's voice. Like, Midalia, shut up for a moment after you spoke to him. I shut up for a moment and just listen to that tender whisper. Because that's how he speaks to us in our hearts. He's not going to talk to us the way we talk to each other. And, and, and there's too much noise much noise. So find yourself a little corner in your home, in your space. Listen to God. You know, he speaks to me in the shower. He speaks, you know, when he told me about two days ago, like maybe because I was too busy. I was like so busy. I was writing down these post-its, almost decorating my entire wall in the kitchen with these colorful post-its about what I thought God was speaking to me about. But you know, when he told me about this message, I was exhausted. I was exhausted on Thursday night. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, he wakes me up. I open my eyes, and he goes, my name my name is enough. My name is the reason why you should be used, um, putting me first. And I go, your name? He goes, yes, my name. My name will tell you who I am and what I have done for you and what I will be doing for you and how I have kept you and have have provided for you and how I'm there for you, my name. At 3 o'clock in the morning when I wasn't thinking, when I was vulnerable. So when you pray, it's good that you're talking to him, but it's good that you're listening. It's even sometimes better that you're listening. Because how can you get your, your direction? How can you get your strategies or your guidance if you just, this is what I want, God. Yeah, thank you. He goes, hey, come over here. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get my list. You know? <laughs> hey, Vitalia, you know? That's usually what's happening because I'm, I'm on the move. So he has to wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And whisper, my name is enough for you to put me first. I'm the creator of this world. I created you. I, you, know, you know that instruction that we get for appliances? Those instructions? You know, the guide? Actually, I have it. God says, I have it on you. I have the instructions. I wrote the instructions on you. 
I don't know about you, but you know what I do a lot of times when I have to put things together? I try to figure it out before I read the instructions. Well, it's like that for us with life, right? We just going. Well, God has the instructions, and through prayer and moments with him is where we get to understand what the instructions are for your life. Because the instructions for your life are not the same instructions for my life. They're all different and unique. So you can't go by what you see in my life. And the only one that has it is the creator and the maker and the author of your life has the instructions of your life. And the last thing that we can do to put God first is extend our hand. Putting God first means looking out for your fellow brothers and sisters. Whenever you're in a situation that you're able to help your peers, do so. Extend a helping hand to anyone in need. Never turn your head and look the other way. When someone is in need. God's dream is for us all to live as sisters and brothers. He wants everyone to live without a selfish heart. Fulfilling his dream is a way to put God first. Why should we put God first? It's something for all of us to be thinking about all week. And don't forget, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? It always changes the course of what direction we're going. It would either confirm that we're in the right direction, or it would change its course. When we take a moment and ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? So, the next time you wonder who should be first in your day, in your moment, in your life, remember his name. Jehovah, I am. Let's pray.